Hello and welcome to the Brew Time Podcast. My name's Fiona, I'm your host, and today I will be chatting with Ellie from Virgo. Virgo is a vegan tech startup and Ellie, who is the mastermind behind it, is absolutely amazing. You're going to get lots out of today's chat about how startups can do content marketing really well and I'm really looking forward to this episode. Let's get into it. Pretend that I don't actually know what Virgil is and tell me about it, what it is and where the idea came from. Um, So Virgil aims to help people go to a more plant-based diet um, with trusted personalized guidance um so oh my god it's come from a lot of different places how far back do you want me to go how far back do you want to go (laughs) what's a long timeline what gave you you the spark of the idea um so mainly it happened when I went through my own health issues on a plant-based diet so I've been plant-based for like uh nine or ten years um and everything was great like for the first few years I was that really annoying vegan that would like tell everyone to go vegan say it's amazing it's so easy uh just the really annoying one always (laughs) like a happy militant like vegan police but um yeah in about five years time like about the five year mark everything just started going downhill um I just felt really tired my hair was falling out like all of these bad things were happening and I'm pretty healthy I wasn't like I wasn't trained in nutrition then, but I was like, you know, I'm not totally stupid. <laughs> you need to eat fruits and vegetables. <laughs> I was eating a shitload of vegetables. Anyway, um, and it just took me a while to get back on track. Uh, and in the midst of this, I did my training as a nutritionist um, and uh, learned all about genetics and personalized nutrition. And uh, yeah, that's how I got back on track by using, personalizing my diet to myself, using my genetics and um, everything else and uh, figuring it out. And it worked perfectly. And I was like, I can make this so easy for everybody. So nobody else has to go through this at like the four or five year mark of being vegan. I love that. Basically. I love that you've had something, tested it on yourself, figured it worked and know how to make it easy for other people. Mm-hmm. Good. And you are in Germany right now. I love this story. I am in Germany. <laughs> I love this story that you're, you're living in Germany. Sorry. You just packed your bags and went to Germany for lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be better over here. I don't know if it is, to be honest, but I don't know. <laughs> the cases in the UK were going crazy and Germany was doing much better. So I was like, well, statistics. But you didn't just like pick Germany out of a hat. You've lived there before. Yeah, so I lived here. I moved here first in 2013. So yeah, I've lived here. Well, I lived here like seven years ago or something for a few years. And started so yeah, I've come back traffic. to. Yes. Yes, and I'm staying in that house now. So this is um, a community that I used to live in. There's like, uh, well, it fluctuates. There's like between eight and 16 people living here usually. Um, it's actually it's called a house project it's like old east germany so when everyone left you know when the wall came down everyone left east germany and there were loads of these 
huge decrepit old buildings they all got sold off really cheaply like 10 years ago uh so this huge building got bought for like 10,000 euros or something um and there's loads of them in Leipzig like loads that's filled with um people who are continually renovating and living there cheaply and like just starting cool projects um so yeah as part of what I was doing while I was living here I started a, a vegan pizzeria downstairs because there used to be um a cafe downstairs when the building was originally built it's like built to have a cafe or restaurant there um but it wasn't doing anything so I just figured why not could be fun then it was fun <laughs> it was really fun um and people liked it so yeah vegan pizza um I I kind of got bored of it in the end because uh I wanted to tell everyone about the nutritional benefits of all the different toppings on their pizzas and why I combined them you know all this synergistic cool nutritional stuff and no one gave a shit they were just like <laughs> we just want pizza you know <laughs> we don't care so I was like right okay this is not the career for me I'm leaving I love that I love you trying to like sneak in the perfect mix of nutrients <laughs> it's like that was that was the fun part for me figuring out what, what combinations to put together and why like immune boosting pizza now I'm like thinking of a COVID fighting pizza but I don't know anyway it's still going it's like it's downstairs from me right now awesome yeah. do you know I think I've stayed in a place like that in East Berlin which was run by artists mm-hmm. and then they rented out a room but this was like pre-Airbnb days so it would have been oh no it was 10 years ago because it was the 10-year anniversary of the Berlin Wall I know the sort of place you mean. <laughs> cool. <laughs> How long did you stay there? Oh, it was only for a few nights. But it was, yeah, it was really nice. And the people there were brilliant and had done some interesting things to make the building lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these, yeah, these house projects are definitely full of cool, interesting people. That's for sure. You would never be bored. <laughs> totally think we're getting off topic here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to talk about what I love about the way you do your content. And there's many things I love about it. But you, what did I put on here? It's, it's your focus. You're like, you're not trying to do everything. You do your Facebook group, you do your blog. And your blog is so very much focused on SEO. So what made you use those two to attract your audience? Um... Uh, I could give the long answer and the short answer. The short answer is I don't like Instagram. <laughs> no, that's not true. I do use Instagram as well. Um, I like creating useful content for people. And I feel like the best way I can do that is through blogs, which are informative. They have all the, the scientific references, which is really important to me and probably no one else gives a shit. But anyway. <laughs> um, and... I enjoy writing them as well. So it's partly because of what I like doing and it's partly because I think I can give the most value to people. Um, but also I think it's a, it's a good long-term strategy in terms of SEO, building that up over time um, and ranking on Google searches rather than plugging at Instagram every day. Um, to me, that just sounds like it makes more sense. I'm not a marketing expert. You're the marketing expert and, you know, <laughs> and you've um you've given me most of this advice so but yeah no it, it just so happened that it 
worked out with what I enjoy doing. So that's, that's fine by me. Um, and with the Facebook groups, it's a place where I can really connect with people and form a community, which is, that's one of the most important parts to me as well, um, is being able to actually get on a community level with people and having that support uh, with one another. And I think Facebook groups is the easiest place to do that. Um, I don't really know of another way to do that on social media. So, yeah. So, because one of my other questions is how important is building a community to you? Because there's going to be a community within the application, isn't there? Mm-hmm. So how important is that to the benefits of the people who use your service and to just in general building a community of encouraging people to go plant-based? I think mostly because it's not just about going plant-based. It's also about staying plant-based. So it's about sustainable change. And I don't think you can do that alone with anything. I think it's so important to have a supportive network around you um, and like-minded people as well. So you feel encouraged uh, because um, now it's becoming more common, but um, before, if you went vegan, like you're probably the only vegan that you knew. <laughs> and then oh, that was difficult. <laughs> um, Uh, And studies show, like surveys have shown that um, one of the main reasons that people, of people who start a vegan diet, I think like about 80% of people give up in the first year. And one of the reasons is that people didn't feel like they had community support. They just didn't feel like they had that support network. So, yeah, I just think it's incredibly important. See, I think we're getting off the topic of of content again, but I think it's interesting what you said that, 8% 8% people fail in the first year of going on a plant-based diet but wouldn't that be true for any sort of like any diet plan like if you suddenly decided you're going to do the Atkins diet lots of people do it for a few weeks and then quit because it's unsustainable yeah I think you're right and I think it's a mindset thing that is it a diet or is it a lifestyle and um when it's a diet like you say it's a strict diet plan you're trying to do it for a a very like maybe one specific reason like weight loss or something it's very difficult to keep up and you know you probably you don't do you don't go on a diet with a community do you do on your own most of the time unless you're going to Weight Watchers but we all know that doesn't work anyway so um uh whereas with going vegan or plant-based it's much more about taking a lifestyle approach you know it's not just a diet it's just a way of life um and in a way of life in any way of life it's nice to have people there as well (laughs) Um, you don't want to just go on a way of life on your own so yeah yeah you're right there is a big difference between the mindset between following a diet and um choosing what you eat as part of your lifestyle because the other thing i really like about what you're doing and because you come across as so driven with to nudge people with behavioral science to change so that it's sustainable is that there's something really good at the heart of it that you want to not just change the people who sign up to Burja, but like the wider implications of that on the world and on the environment and on animal welfare and and things like that there was a question sort of in there. Was that, was that a question? <laughs> and a statement. <laughs> Is that at the heart of what you do, that 
you know, leaving something better in the world than it was when you arrived in it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. If I can, um, if I can just help some more people go plant-based and stick to it and really have that wider implication, like the wider implication being that someone changing their diet, well, that's the single best thing you can do for, you know, so many things, um, the environment, global warming, uh, your health, um, animal welfare like it's the it it's just there's just so many things that benefit from people doing that so if I can help people make that change and uh reap all those benefits for myself then that's fine by me <laughs> no I'm joking <laughs> but yeah the wider the wider implications of those changes are really really important to me see they're really big things to write about and this is the other thing I like is that when when I'm reading your blogs I genuinely feel that little bit smarter <laughs> so how hard is it to write about these huge subjects and make people feel smarter at the end of it without overwhelming them with the sciencey bits I know you love it when I call it the sciencey bits <laughs> um I write and then I go back and I try and remove all the really sciencey bits <laughs> Um, and then you read it and then you remove more of the sciencey bit. So at the end, it's like, it's only a little bit of science and manageable with it of science. Um, yeah, that is, that is one thing I find challenging, to be honest, is that I just get too involved in the science. But in the end, it's about helping people make the change in the easiest way that they can. And I, if that's what motivates me to... Um, to make sure there's not too many sciencey bits in there and that they're they're more fun and not so sciencey. <laughs> I love that you've got an app all about DNA and I've got you saying the word sciencey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I want to talk about what goes through your head when you create that insane right. I schedule and look after people's content but your content schedule is just so well organized that you're like a machine on it. Is that something that comes naturally that you have to have it organized or do you have to have it organized because it doesn't come naturally? I love structure. Um, I live, <laughs> I probably live my life in a too structured way. That's my problem. Um, I like doing things at certain times and yeah, yeah like if, if anyone interrupts my structure <laughs> I won't be happy uh, and I think that's just a part of that it just helps me uh, do, deal with the things that have to be done I guess and without that I, I wouldn't do anything so yeah I didn't realize it was so much more structured than any other one you've seen <laughs> it might just be my natural way of like fly by the seat of my pants how I do things but like even when people have gone on like content creation courses and you can see it and they've got like the broad spectrum of what they're putting out, but you're there like each individual detail, if you know what's going out on every single day, for the next few weeks, you're like the gold standard of what content marketing should be. <laughs> I don't think you realised that, did you? Uh, no, I, quite, I thought it was just a normal kind of structure to make for these sorts of things no I, I didn't know 
and you maintain it as well it's not like you do it like three months and then give up you've maintained it throughout an entire year and I love the way like you you pre-decide what your URLs are going to be that's the most important part then but most people don't do that most people just don't they don't go right this is going to be the URL they normally like put it in WordPress and then WordPress creates oh not that you're doing it the right way (laughs) but it's just okay well this is this is all interesting information to know (laughs) i'll continue doing it the right way (laughs) i was just i was just amazed i just sit there and smile at your your content plan (laughs) i love how i've managed to impress you with this this is this is very good news this is the highlight of my day (laughs) Uh, the other thing that you do that i think is really good is um, you take your blog and you don't just leave it there that informs what questions you ask in your group for the coming week and what recipes you put out as well mm-hmm. yeah I feel like it's important well one side is that it's much less work <laughs> to just take stuff that you've made or content you've already made and written from your blogs and recycle it like Man, I have saved so much time doing that. It's unbelievable. Because <laughs> when I started out, I was starting with making brand new posts every day. And it was just on top of the blogs. But now it's just, I write a blog and I create all this content from it. And it's great. Uh, so that was definitely a big side of it. Um, but also leading people back to the sort of content that's it doesn't age, you know? It's like, it's still relevant. Um, over a few years at least so it makes sense to lead people back to it um, and make sure that they can get um, everything they need from it so yeah it's time saving it makes sense uh, yeah and your lead magnets where did you get the ideas for your lead magnets because they are very they seem very focused on the problem that people have um which lead magnet are you talking about <laughs> Oh, you've had a few now. Oh, I have had a few. This is true. Um, uh, the, you've had the one about the vegan plan and you've got one up at the moment about, you're gonna, this is like a test of how much I'm sat on your website. There is it a, is a test. There is I'm a so mean. The number of things. <laughs> I'm going to help you. Um, so yeah, there's um, there's one which is a, a seven day email course where it's uh, seven mistakes that well it used to be called seven mistakes that vegans make, which actually sounded much better. But I've tried to change it more to plant based because you know people there's a lot of people that don't like vegans, and to me, be, vegan and plant based is the same thing. It's like I don't there's no difference. Well, a bit of a difference in terms that people who class themselves as plant based are mostly doing it for the diet and maybe. Then more focus on the health aspects, but as a baseline um, definition, I think they're pretty much the same thing. But anyway, um, so yeah, it's seven mistakes that people tend to make on a vegan or a plant-based diet, um, and it just it's one email each day for seven days. Um, and yeah, it is very focused on the problem that people might have or the problems, um, because that's the most important thing to solve, right? Uh, it's 
problem focused solutions it's content that's going to be useful for people um in the easiest possible way definitely right so going back to that language thing now on vegan versus plant-based because i agree with you that it it's one and the same thing but i was chatting to um, a psychology researcher probably got her job title wrong the other week about identities and group identities and she said that the evidence is that if you put a plant-based burger on the main menu of a pub more people will order it whereas if you put it on a separate menu that has the word vegan on top fewer people will order it because they don't want to be identified as being part of the vegan group because they seem see that as a set, a set of moral actions and codes whereas eating less meat is something it's more of a gentle <clears throat> more of a gentle nudge yeah i think you hear a lot of people say they're 80 percent plant-based or 90 percent plant-based or some percentage of plant-based and i think it's just easier for people to say that because if you said you're 80 percent vegan man there'd be some vegans that would not be happy about that <laughs> but if you say you're 80 percent plant-based it's like oh yeah you're like doing something really good for the world you're cutting down your meat consumption that's really good um so yeah it's definitely a very interesting mindset thing and i think yeah, no, it's just very interesting. I heard the other day, was it, I don't know if it was you that told me, no, someone told me that um, Impossible Burger, I think, which is like the main plant-based burger, I think mostly in the US, but I think we have it here now. Um, I think 90% of, of the people that buy it are not vegan. So, and it's class, they don't, I don't think they say vegan anywhere, it's a plant-based meat alternative. So, yeah, you're totally right. It's just people really want to make that change. They just don't want to be classed as something. Yeah, they don't want to identify as a group. So does then that make you very wary of the language you use on your website as a result? Definitely. I started off using vegan all the time and then everyone was telling me to change it. I was like, why? It's not a big deal. Like it's what it's a vegan diet. What's the problem? Um, but yeah, I got feedback where people were saying that they do want to cut down on their meat consumption. They do want to go more plant-based, but as soon as they saw vegan on my website, they were like, I'm not vegan. This isn't for me. Um, so by using the word vegan, I was actually having the opposite effect of what I wanted to have, which, yeah, sounds ridiculous, but you're right. It's all psychology and you've just got to work with what feels right and sounds right to people and how they want to identify with themselves. I like that. I, I think that is such an interesting Thing of how being really careful with the language you use attracts the different audience that you want to get yeah Again, there, was, there was no question there I was just just saying things <laughs> <laughs> that's okay you're allowed to say things <laughs> no I was just going to say I think yeah you do have to be a lot more careful with language than what I originally thought you just don't realize the effect that certain language or even your tone of voice man tone of voice is something that I find really difficult through writing but getting that right is so important um and keeping it consistent as well yeah see that again that I find that interesting because you've got a very strong tone of voice on your website which sounds I think as I speak to you I know it sounds a lot of how you talk but it's that scientific referencing and background to it and backing everything up, which I've said to you before, not many people do when they put things online. But I think 
that that's what Bojo does differently and does really well with its content. So mm-hmm. that, that you find your tone of voice difficult, I find really interesting because <laughs> you, you're clearly getting it. Okay, that's good. To me, when I write, it just it feels very dry to me. I'm just like, this is this is a lot of information. There's no personality here. But yeah, I don't know, maybe... <laughs> Maybe that is my personality. So it's fine. <laughs> you've got such cool stories, though, of, of what you've, you've had <laughs> such an interesting life that it does come through and that whole wanting to do good comes through as well. Okay, that's good to know. Thank you. Right. I feel like this is me just doing an appraisal of you right now. <laughs> All right, go. You are a tech startup. And I hate to use this phrase, but I think it's important. You're one of the very few women running a tech startup. But I hate the women in tech. tech. It's like saying women who are drummers or women women in a band or something. I used to hate it until I realised that women get way more business support when they're founders. I was like, now I love it. I'm like, yes, women women in business, women in tech. That's fine by me. But what would your advice be to someone like you looking to start something, perhaps in tech, that they should be doing with their content? Hmm. Oh, that's a difficult question. (laughs) (laughs) With their content specifically? Specifically Um, with their content. Yeah. Okay. Maybe do more of what I don't do. which is introduce yourself a bit more. I always feel like I should do that more um, so that people know who I am and people know who's writing the content. But I'm always a bit too shy to do that. But when I see other people do it, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that's cool. I like that. Uh, That's something that I would aspire to do, maybe. Um, Other than that, I have no idea. See, I always think there's like a flip side. It's great to put you front and central in the business. Mm. But when your business grows and it will grow, you want the brand not to be so much about you, but about Bojo as the brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, that There's a balance, isn't there? That's definitely also true. Um, but I think, yeah, no, you're right. And the brand has its own personality as well which is not necessarily just a mirror of me um so yeah you are right but I think when it comes to writing content I think different people can have slightly different styles like I do follow a few blogs and one of them um there's a few different people that write on there but I feel like I know them all individually because you know they're just they're really cool and they, they write a bit differently. They have different styles and different personalities. One of them is much more sciencey. One of them is the founder and he's less sciencey, but he's like obviously really interested in the content because it's, it's his business. Um, and I think even though obviously the brand itself has a personality, the personalities of the people involved are also important. And I think it's not a bad thing for that to come through. Which site is this? Just so I can go have a nosy. Oh my god, I've actually forgotten the name of it. <laughs> it's because you're under pressure. But I do, I do like that idea because I'll be honest, I've never really thought because the, the way I've always been trained is that it's a brand voice. The website should be in the brand voice, and when I write for sites, you wouldn't know it was me writing for them because it's 
their voice. But the idea of bringing in your team to add their voices makes it all seem more human. Oh, I've learned something. Exactly. I like it. And I don't see many websites doing that. So I want to do that, but I haven't yet. (laughs) I think that's an excellent example of how other businesses are doing things differently. And it makes it stand out and look different Mm -hmm. in what is a very overloaded content world. Definitely. And I feel like you trust individuals more, you know, no matter how much science you, you give or how much evidence you provide. It's like, when you trust someone, and that can be the brand or an individual, but I feel like we trust individuals more than brands. So, Definitely. yeah. Excellent. Right, my one question, I'm totally asking everyone this question. When you make your cup of tea, is it tea bag first or milk first? People put milk first? Is that, is that a thing? Yeah. Why? That makes no sense. That would make the water cooler and you wouldn't make as, as good a cup of tea. It just makes no sense. All right, you're a scientist. I want the actual scientific reason why putting milk first is such a bad idea. I mean, I can't think of any other one apart from the fact the temperature thing. But maybe if you like weaker cups of tea, it's a good strategy because tea is best brewed at 100 degrees. And I think that yeah, I don't know. If you don't like strong teeth yet, then maybe it, maybe it works. I I like squeezing everything I can get out of my tea, so. You're, you're a northern <laughs> tea drinker. Make it strong as possible. Yeah, although I've never lived in the north. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Everyone I've interviewed so far has been, this is the proper way to do this. Maybe I'm just <laughs> attracting people who are strong tea drinkers. <laughs> I have never met anyone who puts milk first. I'm not convinced. What are the statistics here? I don't know, but when I've put this question out on social media before, it's been incredibly divisive hmm. about the correct way to make a proper cup of tea. I want statistics. Can you please go back to that post and figure out the split? <laughs> I will figure out the split on that part, or okay, I'll cool. just ask it again and see what everyone says. Again. Good. <laughs> i just want to thank ellie for joining me today i really enjoyed chatting to her about all the sciencey bits um if you want to sign up to her veganuary challenge and i completely recommend that you do and get the most out of trying vegan this january you can sign up in the show notes there is a link to her landing page there And if you'd like to get more updates on this podcast, there is a newsletter sign up that you can use down there as well. Next week, I am going to be doing a little solo episode talking about critiquing your own content, why you should do it every single time and why it's going to make a difference. So I will see you next week.